0: ...to uh, Romans chapter 12. We, uh, we looked at the first, in the first half of the year, Mr. Sharita and I um, were looking at um, the theme of God's holiness, that he is other, that he is separate from us. Um, he's holy. And uh, this second half of the year, this is sort of like a transition. We're going to move from God's holiness to our holiness, and um, God's holy, but he also calls his people to be holy as well. And so we're going to look at that a little bit here in Romans uh, chapter 12. We're just going to read two verses from Romans 12. I'll have you flip open your Bibles to a few other passages as we kind of roll along here. But um, I thought we would just start here with Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so if you guys could just read along with me in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's uh Let's begin together. and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray together. Oh, holy God, you call your people to be holy as you are holy. And I ask that you would help each one of us tonight as parents, as teens, as your children, to embrace this call to holiness of life for the Christian. And I pray you would help us to see how important it is and that you would really transform our lives this evening. I pray for every young man and young woman here that every teen would just really grow in their passion for you, but also in their passion for holiness. And that through that, they would make a big difference amongst all their friends in school, on their teams, in their homes to their brothers and sisters, to mom and dad, and to everyone in their life. And I pray that they would really shine brighter for you, Jesus, as a result of the message this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, great, guys. Um, You know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of focus in on from this is that true Christians live holy lives. True Christians live holy holy lives. Um, You know, to illustrate this, I wanted to read a quote to you uh, from a book by Jerry Bridges called The Pursuit of Holiness. If you've never read this, this would be a great book for you to pick up for the summer uh, to read. Um, I've been really affected as I've read it. I remember my mom reading it back uh, in the 70s and 80s and just really benefiting from it back then. But Jerry Bridges recently went on to be with the Lord. Um, But the book remains, and it's been so good. He writes this about the call for us uh, to be holy as Christians. And by the way, I like this semicircle. This is cool. You guys like it? It's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So um, he says this. (laughs) He says this. God has called every Christian to a holy life. Uh, There are no exceptions to this call. It is not a call only to pastors, missionaries, and a few dedicated Sunday school teachers. Every Christian of every nation, whether rich or poor, learned or unlearned, influential or totally unknown, is called to be holy. The Christian plumber and the Christian banker, the unsung homemaker and the powerful head of state, are all alike called to be holy. This call to a holy life is based on the fact that God himself is holy. That's what we looked at for the first half of the year. Because God is holy, he requires that we be holy. Many Christians have what we might call a, quote, cultural holiness. They adapt to the character and behavior pattern of Christians around them. As the Christian culture around them is more or less holy, so these Christians are more or less holy. But God has not called us to be like those around us. He has called us to be like himself. I want to repeat that. God has not called us to be like those around us. He's called us to be like himself. Holiness is nothing less than conformity. To the character of God. Holiness is nothing less than conformity to the character of God. Here the Apostle Paul writes and he appeals based on the first 11 chapters of Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. He just got done talking about all the mercies of God in the gospel. The fact that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and offer up his body as a sacrifice to die for us. He says, in view of those mercies, he says something to us. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worship. So, in view of God's mercies, in view of the fact that God sent his son to die for you, to offer up his body, to die for you, to save you and me from an eternity in hell, here's the call for all of us offer up your body because Christ offered up his. Christ offered up his body as a sacrifice for you. We all are called to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice for Him. Does that make sense? It's a very, very important point uh, to really embrace. Because a lot of times today, Christians, what we think of when we think of the Christian life is we think, well, Christ died for me. I'm so glad that happened, but it really, I'm glad it's done and I'm glad I'm saved, but, you know, it doesn't really mean anything for my everyday life. What we see from this call here in Romans 12 is that, This is meant to make an impact on every second of our lives. The fact that Jesus died for us and offered up his body to die for us gives us, each one of us now, a calling to offer up our bodies to serve him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 actually says this. Our lives are not our own. Our lives are not our own. They've been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body, is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. My life is not my own. I remember some friends of mine had a band that they started, and the band was called Malinmo, M-L-N-M-O. And that stood for my life is not my own. Malinmo, isn't that cool? That was a cool Christian band name. Christians, true Christians, live holy lives. We're called to talk the talk, but we're also called to walk the walk, you may have heard. Um, It's important to recognize that this really matters in terms of us making a difference in the lives that God has given us to live here on this earth. We're meant to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. What that means is offer your whole life up to God. What that means is you don't give God part of your heart. You give God and I give God all of my heart as a sacrifice to live for Him. There's a sense there where you don't hold anything back from God. You don't give God sort of 50%. You give Him 100%. And you give Him your whole heart and your whole life. I want to ask you a question. Do you both talk the talk and walk the walk? Do I? As parents, this is a call for us as parents just as much as it is for our kids. You can be a true Christian following the Lord for many years and start to grow lazy in the pursuit of holiness. And the pursuit of holiness is really serious business in God's Word. It's something that we really need to take seriously. First Peter 1 says this, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy, says the Lord. So just as he who called you is holy, God's holy, so you and I are called to be holy in all that we do. You think about that. Holiness is meant to mark every aspect of our lives, 24-7, 365. What does it mean to be holy? Does it mean you kind of walk around floating on a cloud and singing and like humming tunes or, um, God's holiness means that he's other, that he's separate. And our holiness means that we are separate unto God. We separate from sin and we consecrate ourselves to God. Do you have holiness of life? Do you live a life that's separated from sin and consecrated to God in all you do? That's what we're meant to. To walk in when it calls us here in scripture to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy. It means to be separate, to come out from the world and be separate, to be distinct. People should know that you're a Christian. There should be something different about you at school than there is about the other students. There should be something different about you on your team or in whatever activity you're in or. There should be a difference that your parents see about your life in the home when you're a true Christian because true Christians live holy lives in all that they do. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. And that's something that's so vital for every single one of us. Listen to this verse about how important holiness is from Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy so make every effort to be holy because without holiness no one will see the lord without holiness no one will see the lord think about that for a moment If we don't take holiness seriously and we're just like, yeah, yeah, I'll take Jesus. I'll believe in him. But I got no interest in living for him. I just want Jesus to forgive me of my sins, save me from hell. And then I'm just going to live the way I want to live. It's the way a lot of professing believers live. They're not passionate about holiness. They want Jesus, but they don't want to walk the walk. They want to be able to say they believe, but they don't want to back it up with a life where they say, you know what, I'm offering up my body, Jesus, to you, to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I kind of want to reinforce this. I know those are very serious words, but it's important for us to really take stock of this and understand that holiness of life is not sort of like just this optional thing. Like, well, you know, there's other Christians that are holy, but I don't really need to be. It's something we all have to take very seriously. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians 6. These are very important words. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. What's cool here is Paul saying some of you used to be like that. But when you became a Christian, we talk about all that now in the past tense. You were like that. Now you're different. And it doesn't mean you don't still struggle with sin, but what it means is you're holy now. You're living a different life than the life of the lifestyle of the world around us. Actually, in Romans 12, it actually says don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, literally what that's talking about there is don't let the world out there squeeze you into its mold. That's what it literally means. The world, your unbelieving friends and family members and what's on the media and all the influences out there that comes from the world is seeking to squeeze you into its mold so that you won't offer your body up to live for Christ but so that you'll offer up your body to live for self. And we can't let that happen. Paul said, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And uh, in in Galatians chapter 5, in the wonderful passage on the fruit of the Spirit, right before the fruit of the Spirit, it talks about the fruits of the flesh, And the word of God says this, listen carefully, because it just shows again how important it is for us to take holiness seriously. Paul says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, party spirit, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we live in sin and don't care about holiness of life but say, oh yeah, 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 I believe in Jesus. Such faith that doesn't take holiness of life seriously isn't true saving faith. And so that's why it's so important for all of us to take holiness of life seriously. You may remember in Matthew chapter 7, this passage of scripture, it's so, so uh, important to remember this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's somebody who's talking the talk, saying, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one, listen to this, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, the person who follows me, obeys me, offers up their body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to me, that's the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then Jesus says this, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, 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 Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, one of my big burdens is your pastor is, for both parents and teens alike is, I don't want to just see you, following Jesus in these years, I want to bump into you 20 years from now and see you on fire for God. I want to see you run the race all the way to the end for Christ. I want to see you make it across the finish line. There are many who start out well and who talk the talk, but since they don't embrace the call in Romans 12, 1 and 2 here to offer up your whole life Offer up your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. They don't take holiness seriously. When the time of testing comes, they immediately fall away, Scripture talks about in the parable of the sower. You are going to be tested. I want to just tell you this. If you haven't been already, you are going to be tested. The world and the love of the world is going to hit you. It's going to hit you outside of your household. It's going to hit you inside of your household. All you need to do is turn on your phone and you've got the world screaming at you and trying to conform you to its pattern. God is wanting to put on your radar and mind tonight the importance of remembering that holiness is not an optional extra for the Christian. Holiness of life is the mark of every true Christian. And I want to be careful to say this so you don't... Uh, Think, oh my goodness, I, there's no hope for me. I, I struggle with indwelling sin as a Christian every single day. I battle my remaining sin. I've got remaining pride and anger and impurity and struggles that I'm fighting with every day in the battle against the flesh. There's a difference between that struggle, which every true Christian has. Okay? You can be a true Christian and really have this battle. If you are a true Christian, you do have this battle. It's hard. It's hard to live a holy life in a fallen world. Every Christian has that true battle with indwelling sin. Here's the difference. A true Christian doesn't live in sin. They don't live in unrepentant sin. It bothers them that they still sin. And they're grieved that they do it. And I want to ask you, does holiness mark your life? Do you see holiness marking your life for real? Can your mom and dad say, my son's a holy young man my daughter's a holy young woman and please understand by that remember what i just said it doesn't mean that you're sinless or that you're you're perfect yet none of us are going to be perfect in terms of never sinning again until we get to heaven right but you can be somebody who struggles with remaining sin and still be a holy young man or a holy young woman. And that's some of what I want to talk about a little bit here in just the remaining minutes that we have. I just wanted to ask you a few questions related to holiness of life. Flowing out from the passage that we just kind of looked at in the passages I just read to you. Can people see Jesus in you? your teachers at school, your friends in your life, can they see Jesus in you? Do they see a difference, in other words? Do they see a, a separation from the world and the way the world thinks and the way the world lives and the way the world acts? Do they see you and say, you know what, I see Jesus in her. I see Jesus in him. Does holiness mark your life? Here's another question, maybe a little bit even more stirring. Can you see Jesus in you? Do you see evidence that you've been born again and that you're a child of God in your own life. Do you see evidence of a holy life? Now please remember, every one of us in this room who are true Christians struggle. We all struggle every day with sin. Now, I don't have one day of my life where I don't struggle with sin that remains. But can you look at yourself and say, you know what? I see the character of Christ in my life in this way and in this way. Are you being, here's a practical one, conform to the pattern of this world? Would your friends say that you're no different, Your are unbelieving friends, would they say you're no different from us? You're just like we are. Or would they see a difference? Would they see a shining light for Christ out from your life? That's what they're supposed to see in you and me. Are you being conformed to the world? Or are you being transformed by the renewing of your mind according to God's word? Conformed or transformed? Are you being molded into the pattern of this world? Do you think like the world, act like the world, Or are you seeing that transformation of life, that holiness by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God is brought? Um, A couple other uh, practical questions for you. Do you say no to ungodly things? Titus says the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Do you say no to ungodly things? Now, (laughs) there's sort of the old uh, adage of watching TV. you got everybody in the family room watching TV, and something impure comes on the screen. You know, if you know the room's full of people, you're going to tend to guard your eyes or cover your eyes from something you shouldn't look at. You're just aware that other people are watching. A holy Christian looks away from ungodliness and wickedness when they're by themselves. Because all they care about is the audience of one. Are you an audience of one Christian? Will you say, Jesus, I'm so tempted right now to want to look at something that's impure. I'm not going to. And nobody's even here to say, good job, that I did, and nobody's here to correct me and discipline me if I don't. It's just me and you, Jesus, alone in this room. I've got every opportunity to sin if I want to. And you know what? I choose holiness because you offered up your body to die for me. I offer up my body to you today, right here, right now. Oh, that's awesome. Man, i tell you, when you got that, you are going to do some serious damage to the kingdom of darkness because that's what your friends who are unbelievers need to see they need to see the real thing they need to see a christian who isn't getting squeezed into the pattern of this world but is being transformed by the renewing of their mind they're digging into god's word young ladies young guys digging into god's words you've got something different you're shining a light in the midst of this dark world and people are drawn to christ because they know you that's what god's got for you Do you say no to ungodly things yourself? Not because mom and dad told you. Just because you have a conviction, that's a no for me. Do you deny yourself and take up the cross and follow Jesus? Do you say no to things that you're really even tempted to want to do, but you know that it's not going to be pleasing to God so you say no, I'm not going to do it because I love Jesus? That's holiness. And it's Very glorifying to God. Let me ask you this, on the flip side of it. Do you say yes to godly things? It's not just about saying no all the time. It's about you individually saying yes to worshiping with God's people on Sunday morning because you know it's something that God's word calls you to do. You want to come and hear the word and hear the word preached, not because you feel like getting out of bed on Sunday morning. I can tell you there are times that I feel like not getting up because I'm tired. Or like last week when we had the Arctic freeze, it's like what, like minus 10 wind chill trying to walk into church like penguins. But you say, you know what, I'm going. Because you know what? I can't wait to go and worship God. And I love him. And the spirit of God and the spirit of holiness within me is, is I can't wait to go and worship Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't ever struggle, and it doesn't mean you don't ever take a Sunday off or whatever. You guys know me. You know we motivate by grace around here, and there's times where uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna have things that we don't do that we should do. We want to ask God for forgiveness for those times, but but the overall spirit of your life is just, "Yeah, I want God. I want His Word. I want." to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Crossfire. I want to get to know people I don't know yet and reach out to new people because I want to shine for Jesus Christ. Let me ask you about just your home life real quick. Talk here just briefly about your attitude toward mom and dad. Like, oh, Mr. Eddard, why did you need to go there? <laughs> why, wow, Mr. Eddard? I was, I was making it through this message. <laughs> um, your mom and dad should see a more and more godly attitude toward them as time goes on in your Christian life. It shouldn't be getting worse with you. It should be getting better. You should be giving them more honor, more gratitude, more thankfulness, it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. But when you do struggle and when you sin, guess what you do then? You're quick to go back to mom and dad. Or you're quick to go back to your brothers and sisters and say, I really sinned against you. Will you forgive me for my bad attitude? For Maybe for you it's not verbal. Maybe for you it's uh, one of the things Mrs. Edder talked about years ago Was she would just roll her eyes at her mom, just kind of give her eye roll sort of these non-verbal acts of disrespect, you know, And we were talking about how, oh man, I can still relate to that struggle. It might seem like a small thing, you know. Jesus cares about that. Murmuring and grumbling about your parents behind their back or what you think about in private. When you can think about and choose to think about anything and you choose Christ instead of some impure line of thought, when you can listen to whatever you want to listen to and you choose Christ and listening to something that's going to be edifying and build you up in Christ rather than to say, you know what? I really like these songs that sing the songs of the world so that I can be conformed more and more into the pattern of this world. I say, You know, that doesn't mean you don't ever like a secular song or that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying. But if you're if your mind and your heart's dominated by I love the world. And, yeah, I I like Jesus also. God's wanting to get your attention that the world is trying to snuff out the fire for God that's in your heart right now. It's not neutral. It wants to snuff you out. It wants to get you so enamored with the things of the world that you no longer are offering your body up as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Friends, I think God's got a better plan for you and for me. Do you say no to ungodly things? Do you say yes to godly things on your own with no prompting just because you are a Christian and you're choosing it for Jesus yourself? Oh, man. So, a lot of you can say, you know what, Mr. Ritter? Yeah, I mean, imperfectly, but yes, I can. Celebrate that in your life. Get pumped about that. that. That's the work of the Spirit of God in you. I mean, we want to celebrate those things. Throw a party for that. Here's another just encouragement. When you fall, there's always hope. Repent and turn to Jesus again and remember that he offered up his body on the sacrifice on the cross. But the scripture says, a righteous man, he falls down seven times, but guess what? He gets back up again. A righteous young woman falls down. She does, but she gets back up again. We all want to encourage one another when we fall, when we stumble, to look once again to Christ and remember the mercies of God and to look at them once again and remember that our Savior did in fact die for all the sins that we're still struggling with. And he's going to help us through. Don't ever forget that you are a child of God. You are loved by God and you are, if you have repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are born again. And no one can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ. Even your struggles will not separate you from the love of God in Christ. So I want to encourage you with that. Nothing's ever going to separate you from the love of God in Christ. You want to be very confident in that. You want to celebrate that and rest in that grace. And also simultaneously say, God, I want to be holy because you are holy. You offered up your body for me on the cross. It's my joy to offer up my body, to offer up my whole life for you. I don't want to hold anything back from you, Jesus. I want to give you everything. Can they see Jesus in you? Can they see Jesus in me? However imperfectly, and I believe as I look at it, you guys, I believe that that's growing in your life. But this is also a wake-up call to all of us. I I think about this the more time goes by. You know, we are running a race, and we're not at the finish line yet. And we love Jesus now, but we need to be vigilant in this fight of faith and recognize that there are individuals who, due to not taking holiness seriously, they fade in the love that they once had for God. And I just love you guys so much, each and every one of you. As your pastor, as your brother in Christ, I don't want to see any of you ever fade in your love for and in your faith in Jesus. You know what I want to see? I want to see you all of you take off like a rocket and make the difference for Jesus Christ that I know he wants you to make and will empower you to make in this short earthly life that you have to live. Here's a real practical one. Are you walking in the light with your parents with the struggles you're facing right now? Let there be no secret sins that we're struggling with that nobody knows about. That's a real danger zone. If I'm ever dealing with that, That scares me. (laughs) It scares me. The scripture says walk in the light. I want to encourage you to confess your sins to God. Remember, when you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Turn to Jesus right now about your sins, even your secret sins, and, and say to the Lord, Lord, I repent over my sin and I offer up my body to you. In repentance and in faith, I want to serve you. I want to stop living for the world. I want to live for you. Do that right now. You will be born again. You're saved if you do that. If you turn from your sin and trust in Christ, you'll be forgiven and saved even as this sinner has. But in the Christian life, you're going to sin at times and you're going to be tempted to cover it up. You're going to be tempted to keep it secret away from your parents. I want to encourage you not to do that. I know it can be hard. It can be very awkward. But you know what one of the true signs of repentance is? When you walk in the light as he is in the light. I want to encourage all of you to talk honestly with your mom and your dad about where the biggest holiness challenge is for you right now. It's kind of what we're going to talk about for our Q&A. And if your parents aren't here tonight, I um, want to encourage you to really pray about this and talk with them. One of the things that can break the stronghold, if you're struggling with some secret sin, talk with your dad about it. Talk with your mom about it. Confess to them. Confess and forsake your sin. One of the best ways to do that is by bringing it out into the light. Sin dies in the light. It's, I know it's very hard to do, But some of the most transformative moments in my Christian life have been when I've taken secret sins and I've confessed them to my parents, to my wife, to my brothers and sisters. Things that I'm I'm humiliated over or shamed over. To bring them out and say, Mom, I need help. I'm struggling with this in private. Could you help me? Could you pray for me? Parents. You want to be a safe place. You don't want to freak out over whatever they would share with you, you know. You want to be willing to just hear and help and pray without uh, leaving them with a sense of, oh my gosh, I'll never do that again, (laughs) you know. But teens, it's going to take a lot of courage, but I want to encourage you. One of the ways to break free and start to live a holy life is for you to really deal a death blow to living with sin that you're cherishing right now in private and confess it to mom, confess it to dad. If if your parents aren't believers, I want to encourage you, Mr. and Mrs. Sarita are here. Mr. and Mrs. Prouse are here. I'm here. There's other parents here that love you and care about you. I want to encourage you to break free from your old life and the private sins. They can drag you down And God wants to set you free so that you can offer up your body tonight as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Amen. Was that helpful, some of those practical tips there at the end? I know that's a real tough one. Be real honest. Tell your parents the one you don't want to tell them. Just do it. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Talk with them and be honest about the struggle that you don't want to tell them about. The one that you're like, no way, Mr. Edder. Talk to them. It can be life changing to bring it out into the light and say God I'm going to I'm going to cast it down before the foot of the cross. I'm going to break from that destructive pattern in my life and I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to give up these impure thoughts and these these secret sins that I haven't told anybody about. I want to I want to be free from that so I can run for Jesus. Repent tonight, dear brothers and sisters, and be set free. That's what we're all here for tonight. We want to see you free so that you can live For the glory of God. And remember, God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for the very worst things that you've ever done. The things that you're most ashamed about and humiliated about as you even ponder them. Some of them have run through your mind even as I've been preaching tonight. Christ bore all those sins for you on the cross. He suffered and was punished in your place on the cross. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you guys so thankful that we have a Savior who loved us so much that he went to the cross and died so that we might be free from this and so that we won't go to the hell we deserve to go to when we die, but we're going to go to the heaven that we don't deserve to go to all because Christ died for us. I love you guys, and we're here for you. Time to get real with the Lord, real with the Lord before mom and dad, and let's head into this new year, and let's go hard for Christ together like gangbusters, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's pray together. Almighty God, I thank you so much for these teens and their parents. I pray, God, that you would set them all free and myself free from the sins that we struggle with. And, Lord, help them not to be discouraged but really encouraged. I pray that you would help all of us to take holiness seriously in our lives, remembering that without holiness no one will see the Lord. Help us to be Christians who don't just talk the talk but who walk the walk. Help people to really see that it's real with us and it's genuine. Protect us from being fakes and phonies who merely can talk the talk but have no interest in walking the walk, the life of holiness, the life of following Christ. Almighty God, I pray that the individuals in this room would shine so brightly for you that many souls would be saved at their schools, on their teams, uh, their siblings would be transformed by their witness. Mom and dad would be affected by their witness. Thank you for how that's already happening I pray that it would happen even more, Holy Spirit, as you fill them with power, with your presence tonight. Encourage them, strengthen their heart, help them to remember your love. And Lord God, we just thank you so much for offering your body up for us. God, I pray that it would be the delight of every one of us here to offer our bodies up as a living sacrifice for you. Help us to hold nothing back in our love and our devotion to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, man, love you guys. I'm so looking forward to the rest of this year. Mr. is going to preach next month. we got some cool socials coming up, junior high, senior high socials. We're going to have a blast. Um, so I'm looking forward to the meetings next month. Um, tonight, before you part, talk with uh, your parent. Someone who brought you. Uh, what's the biggest holiness challenge you're facing right now? Um, think about in front of people. Think about in private. And talk with someone that you trust that can really help you um, and who can pray for you and really encourage your heart. Okay? Um, we can do this with freedom because Christ has set us free. He's already shed his blood for all that we would talk about. Trust in him. Let's confess and forsake together, and let's let's roll for Christ. Let's let's be used of Him. Amen, amen. Love you guys. Have a great night. Thanks so much for coming. And hey, by the way, I didn't struggle at all about missing the Eagles game tonight. I was so pumped to be here with you guys worshiping. That's a mark and a growth of holiness in my life. So I want to celebrate that with you all. I truly was. I was so excited to worship with you and uh, be here tonight, just in the preaching of the Word together with you guys Um, that I actually didn't have the thought once of being bummed because I was missing the Eagles game. And that's because you guys are awesome, but Christ is awesome. There was a time in my life where you guys might have been like, where's Mr. Etter tonight? (laughs) And so God's changed me, and he's changing you, and he's changing me. So love you guys. What a Savior. Have a great night.